guys, welcome back to another episode of No Punts Allowed with Paige and Kramer. Kramer, please do the honors. Hold on, struggling. I'm distracted. You take. Oh, did you hear a little, like the little pop? Cheers. Yeah. I don't have a koozie, so it's not. So don't uh, it's not going to be a secret. Uh, I'll just. No, I'm just going to go with it. You're just going to go with it. One well, of my favorite beers. Off. One of my favorite Ooh. beers. Maybe my all-time favorite Do you beer, have a list way. of your favorite beers? Like, do you know I, them from the... T- I was asked this. It's really hard because it kind of changes. Oh, yeah. This is... Okay. But I think overall, like pound for pound, probably my favorite beer. This one. All like, right. Over, We're overall. almost into the off-season, and so we'll get into to more yes. of, of the favorite beer list. Those things will come. Um, we did have to take last week off. I unfortunately... Um, tested positive for COVID and had went some into symptoms. protocols. Yeah, went yeah, into went protocols. into protocols. I went into protocols. Um, I did tweet an Adam Schefter tweet and put my name on it because I had to laugh because that's all you could do at this point. Um, I do feel fine now. A little bit still fighting off the the cough of it. So um, thank you for everyone who did reach out to me though. That was very sweet of you to make sure I was good. I am all right. Um, we're back in action. Luckily, there were a lot of sports going on. Um, but right now everybody seems to be dealing with COVID because there's a lot yes. of cancellations. We just saw right before we started recording that UCLA is not playing. There sucks. is sucks so bad, but also I need to get a Kramer Christmas update before we start anything football related. How did it go? Yes. And also, did you keep up with all the, how many beers for those that are new here? Oh I will say Adam started this thing years ago about how many beers would it take to put things together? And I believe it started as like a Christmas thing where like you're putting was... like, things together and i feel like i saw so many tweets and i was enjoying them but how did the kramer christmas go did you get all the how many beers tweets settled and squared away all right first off i'm glad you're feeling better and okay and we're getting most important thing so cheers to that yes uh, cheers second to that. if i if i'm looking over my shoulder now i want to real quick here before i get into the christmas I, this is my setup here now don't mind all the gaming systems got a little got a little air force uh louisville game action going on in degenerate style i'm probably just going to do a little peek every once in a peek while here so and there. hey just that's just, how we roll here it, that's how we roll um but christmas very good uh it was really nice crazy kids were nuts um but very happy it was good to see people uh safely we hope although at this point who knows right um yes and uh but the how many beers stuff this year i mean legitimately i started it a couple years ago my daughter had gotten like a dollhouse and it was kind of like, oh, how many beers is this going to be to put this together? And then literally like over the last couple of years, I get these all the time. I probably get a dozen a week mm-hmm. over the stretch of like three days. I probably got it felt like hundreds. Who knows what it was of people that are putting together stuff or doing things. How many beers is this going to be to put it together? And I love it because it's the spirit of people and alcohol and just try and some of the shit that people put together like it's like 10:45 at night and it's like hey man how many beers to get this basketball hoop like cemented in the ground and Assembled. up and running before christmas it's like buddy you are fucked but a lot a lot of beers so i i love this time of year i love it for the bowl season i am uh, that ucla nc state game like literally seconds before we're coming on um what do we got here okay air force is moving air force is moving but seconds before we're coming on, and that's a bummer because I was really looking forward to that game. I liked NC State yeah. in that game a lot, and to cancel it this late, we'll talk a little bit about it, but like to cancel it like hours before, this is not the last one of these, unfortunately. And we've got some really – we're yeah. getting into like the meat of the bull season. Just We're going to get more of these. Um, the protocols suck. 
They're outdated. I really feel for the people. I really feel for the people that are working these bowls. I I, I can't remember who I I saw. Like these people put their whole damn year into these amazing events. I put, I feel for everybody, you know, but these people that work that are behind the scenes that you don't talk, like don't talk about that are doing, making sure that they're coordinated right and everything. That's gotta be tough. So to to lose these games again, sucks. Yeah. It's a full-time job. One of my best friends works for the Fiesta Bowl. And she has a job year-round. They This is a year-round gig. Like So for it to work all year and to have it kind of sort of messed up by all of this um, is frustrating. And like you said, the protocols were, were set up months ago and things have certainly changed and changed quickly here in the United States, not just yes. in college football, but in just America in general. Um, but we are seeing some good bowl games. We're seeing some yes. weird, weird, weird scenarios happening because there's a lot of players opting out. There are, like, people who can't play. There are coaching changes. I mean, this bowl season, more than I can remember, has been very strange. I said to you, we do have a bet going with whoever has the, like, most losses in terms of picks and pints during bowl Mm -hmm. season has to do a mayo bath. And I went one for five in the first week. I had Marshall plus five and was on my vacation and was literally staring at the TV, screaming at the television. And it just, the the gambling aspect of this bowl season is next level. Because you just can't produce, predict anything. If you have a crazy bet, I, my, my suggestion is parlays that are just like the craziest of scenarios because it feels like they're all really happening. The, the only game I bet early was Utah, which we'll talk about. But I mm-hmm. bet Utah six and a half because... Olavi and Wilson, and I want to talk about opt-outs too, were a shoo-in to opt-out, I thought. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't going to happen. And you look at the trend that where it's going. So betting bowl season before opt-outs and before COVID was difficult because motivation yes. and every – it's I've, I've actually really never been a good bowl season gambler because I feel like I know these teams and I watch them and I try to take, like, all this in-season intel that I have and incorporate it. Like, I'll tell you right now, after this game, second and goal, by the way, uh, Mississippi State. I I think Mississippi State should kick the living shit out of Texas Tech. You're listening to this. Whenever you are, you'll you'll have this outcome in hand and know if that's the case or not. Mike Leach wants to. You know Mike Leach wants to bash Texas Tech. Just like, braids it. Just obliterate. He does. But, so I, but getting the information now is so difficult. We had a game this morning in Auburn and Houston, and Houston won. That line swung about two or three points like this morning or even more like towards Houston. And I didn't quite understand it. So I just kind of backed away. So if you gamble on this stuff, which we do, awesome. But it's never – it's the most challenging other than maybe like week – I guess week 18 in the NFL now. Other than week 18 in the NFL, I think it's the hardest sports to gamble on, especially now with the COVID protocols and everything else. Information's hard to get. And – Opt-outs are certainly a big deal. So opt-out-wise, though, I wanted to talk about this, opt-outs. So we have COVID, we have opt-outs. Two very different things, obviously. Ohio State gets hit with four huge opt-outs. Line goes from six and a half, Utah, to about four, four and a half. CJ mm-hmm. Stroud is still there. They still have got some dudes. Is the opt-out, is all, are all of these opt-outs you think going to push towards an expanded playoff? Because I think they will. Like, I think we're heading there anyways. I think the opt-outs are going to be, if you want to expand the playoff to maybe 12, and I've seen people talk 16 in the last couple of days, like get more teams involved, get more stars involved, that'll prevent the opt-out. 
I'm wondering if that's going to be what finally does it. But but again, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, because we've had realignment, which we we know was what people were saying was going to like to make make the playoff process a little bit slower because everyone was saying, okay, we're not going to expand. People are getting into Power Five conferences. They're not going to have to worry about being a Group of Five. They're getting themselves into the playoff. We got a Group of Five team in. Maybe we don't need to expand it. But I do think that that is going to start to be pushing it towards. Hey, this is. This will help with, one, some clarity that'll make... Not to say, like, again, even when these guys opt out, these games are exciting. It's still college football at its best. It's really, really fun to watch. But I do think it makes the stakes a little bit higher, and they're going to go, okay, if we're going to have guys that are opting out and draft stuff and everything else, like, it's going to be a lot easier if you have an expanded playoff. These games mean more, and they're, you know, they're risking their bodies and all this stuff for... Other things. I also think with COVID, people are just like, it's not worth risking getting sure. that, going through all of that, going to the game, doing things, and going into the draft process. But yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of shifting. We talked about this a little bit on our last episode um, with national early National Signing Day. I think we're going to see a shift in a lot of the things that happen. So the early yes. signing period is probably going to go away. The expansion of the playoff is going to be, you know is actually going to happen and we're going to get more intense bowl games and there's not going to be this weird limbo of a month. The coaching carousel is maybe like something that like, okay, yes, it's going to happen in December like it usually does, but not as much because some of these coaches are still going to have to coach their, their, their playoff team as opposed to their bowl team, unless you're Brian Kelly and you don't want to. But um, I think there's just so much that's going to change. Like I heard a broadcaster even say during one of the games, like so much is shifting in this sport and so much is unknown. And it's so true because it's like, it feels like just replicating what's going on in the world in general. Like you just don't know, but you feel like we're moving into a direction that's going to completely shift how things were for years um, and sort of create maybe yes. a better college football platform for all of us and maybe an easier way to gamble during the month of December because, well, Jesus, is it hard. And, and to be clear on the opt-outs, like, I – Garrett Wilson is, like, one of my most – the most exciting players in college football for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He should opt out. Like, it's yeah. weird to be opting out of a Rose Bowl, right? The Rose Bowl has this – So weird. Outside – you know, like – The and granddaddy of them all. It's a wonderful game, and it will still be wonderful. So I don't – I want to make it clear. I don't fault the players. And I saw some speculation mm-hmm. that maybe these bowl games um, can say, hey, Garrett Wilson, if you play, you know, we'll give you $50,000. Like if like the, the bowl games, as part of NIL, they can start to get creative. Now, I don't know if these bowls have the financial means. A lot of them do not. The Rose Bowl probably yeah. would to provide this for, for players. But they can start get, getting creative with it. I have no issues with players opting out, but it's you can do things to change it and to make the players want to stay. You don't have to you, you could do all this out in the open. Like if you're like a playoff, we we're talking about it, right? Sam Howell, we believe is going to play. Matt Corral for Ole Miss, we believe is going to play. Now these are guys that like have unique situations, I think have unique bonds with their schools and their programs. Like Matt yes. Corral owes Lane Kiffin. Matt Corral, by the way, can also like throw his hat into the ring as a top 10 pick if he goes out against Baylor and is kick-ass. We'll talk about those games in a bit. So I think everybody's situation is different. It's probably different for a quarterback than it is a linebacker Everybody or a wide that. receiver. But I do think that if you look at the way the sport can be better, expanding the playoff, upping the stakes, getting somebody like, you know, pick it in Kenny Pickett say, hey, I'm going to stay, or getting Kenneth Walker at Michigan State, right? Teams that could be potentially 
on the cusp, I think that would go a long way. And then they end their careers a little bit more naturally. But as it stands right now, you opt out. I hope you're getting good advice. That's the only that's my only thing on the opt outs because yeah. they're far ranging. I hope the advice that you're getting is sound. And if that's the case, go get that money. Well, and these players usually get like advice from NFL scouts. They get advice from the school. They get advice from a lot of different people. Yes. So it is difficult to kind of figure out what is best for you. I, you know, I used to really think that like NIL would not have an impact on like the way this sport is shaped and how it's like going. Like, yes, it, you could get the expansion of the playoff, but you're still going to have teams that need to be Alabama and Georgia and teams like that, that like, okay, they're still going to lose them. They're still going to be the national champions. But I'm curious if you think that NIL will actually start to impact the, like, I mean, besides Alabama, like, are we going to see a lot of different, are we going to see a year like this year where we get Cincinnati and Michigan in a playoff where we did not think that that was going to be the case at the start of the year? Do we start to see a shift in this? Because, like, the, the playing field has essentially been leveled, but it's almost like, it's not going to have the opposite effect on Alabama. I think Alabama is the outlier, but I'm wondering if it has the opposite effect on like a Georgia because like, for example, like they're, they have great recruiting classes and they have the talent to win, but they haven't. And it's like, are other teams going to yeah. start to catch up to this because NIL is going to even this out and there's going to be expand, expanded playoff and opportunity. So again, you're going to have, you're going to get a chance to actually play and win I don't know. It just seems like this whole I, thing is shifting. I mean, it's exciting, but I don't know if it... I didn't think that NIL would really impact the game that much, but now I'm sort of thinking that maybe it, it might now that we t- as we talk this through. I, I think that NIL, at least right now, is going to have an impact like early on. Like Garrett Wilson or Kenny Pickett or these guys are like not hanging around college football to make money because they know they can make a lot more of it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But a team like Texas, like who's handing out interesting NIL deals, I find fascinating, mm-hmm. right? Like whether it's, you know, you get the quarterback, you have the lineman, resource-rich programs, Texas A&M, they're going to get creative yeah. with what they do. But will it change? Probably not. I mean, this stuff's been going on for a while. Deep pockets will prevail and the deep pockets we kind of already know. But I am curious yeah. to, to, to see how... You're right. This is like a tipping point. All this stuff kind of happened in one off season and throw in COVID transfer portal, which is not sustainable. No, the portal needs to be fixed. The coaching carousel issue needs to be fixed. That's been needed to be fixed for a while because the issue always was, oh, coaches can leave and go and immediately coach, but players can't go and immediately, you know, play at other schools or do whatever. It's not fair for no, coaches I, to have different rules than players. So, like, there's so much that is going to need to be addressed in the next couple of months with college football. Well, and we've got our CFB resolutions that I want to talk about in a little bit okay. shortly about things that we want. It's New Year's, all the things that you want to be fixed. I've got a couple clear, uh, clear ones that I want to tackle. But I also want to talk about this. Matt Ariza, punting God, mm-hmm. speaking of going to the NFL. Now, he played in the bowl game is declaring early for the draft. We have a punter and a kicker that's leaving early. I am not a scout expert. I do want to do this story though, Paige, at some point. Like what is we the will. value? What So so what do you do with a guy that can kick the ball like 60 yards consistently? And I don't have the answer that other than we have a punter, a fucking punter declaring for the draft and no one is like questioning this. Everyone's like, "Awesome." 
Like, and now Gotta the question turns the iron's to, hot. yeah, and, and what do you do? What do you do with this? If you're an NFL team, the guy kicks field goals. He's a good field goal kicker. Um, and he's a probably going to be the best punter in the NFL when he walks on. Like there's some good yeah. punters, but like has a chance to be the best one. I'm just fascinated by all of this. It's been one of my favorite storylines of the years that a punter like literally took over. And for, for some, not all like entered a high, the Heisman conversation, like for some. Yeah which I think is fantastic. So if you're an NFL team, like realistically, what, where would you consider the moment that you would pull a tr- like the trigger on Matt Arisa where you draft him? That's hard. Okay. I'll give you my answer. If, if you're Third a team round. that, okay, that, that's like, right where you feel comfortable, but also well, like, what, think... you'd have to, it'd have to be, because obviously you draft based on need as well. But like, if you're a team that, has I mean it also depends on the class that's coming with him too because it's like well, what do you get from this draft class that you can maybe wait to the next draft class or get in free agency? I, I don't like have like I don't have NFL punting stats in front of me, but like it reminds me a little bit and the pick has worked out okay. Like when Clyde Edwards Hilaire went to the Chiefs and it's a terrible comparison running back punter, but like you're a team that are like it's like the the Patriots or the Chiefs or the Packers or like a perennial you know or the or the Bengals like you've got all of these cool pieces in place. And you now you can say, you know what? Late second round, fuck it. Let's take a punter. Like, let's take this all-world guy because, you know, we're not the Jets, my team, that um, although they drafted a punter a couple of years ago, that, like, you, you've got the luxury to take that. And I'm okay, curious so if that's going to be the case. So in your mind, if you have a solid offense and a good quarterback, that's where you would be the team to take it, not the – opposite having to use them more well that's a great point but i think a team like the jets or the jaguars who have so many holes like you could argue like shit like like that you have to start elsewhere people would be pissed yeah yeah but if you're but if you're like if you're a really good team not just with a great quarterback but like a team with a stable like the chiefs right now which we look at like left for dead not to turn this into an nfl pod but like the defense has played great you've got mahomes like okay, now you're gonna get this kick-ass punter that when you do need it, when in the in the rare instances you can do it, and maybe a field goal if he's truly gonna be a kicker, and you can lock up like two roster spots with one player. I think that's incredibly valuable. I'm just I, I know we have time to talk about draft, but punters declaring, I could I could wax poetic for like two fucking I, hours. This there. is a, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a very interesting thing to look at. I mean, if I were everyone, I would just make sure that he doesn't end up on the Patriots. Um, if yes, really, if I'm be very annoying, I, yeah, that would be super annoying. But I also because I feel like I feel like Bill would know the best option here. Like if I were to consult any coach on like what yes. to do with a punter in this situation, that would be the coach that I go for. Um, ooh, I, I, I will say it's, his value on that team and on that season transcended normal punter like what he was able to do and i don't know how exactly that'll translate to the nfl but what he was able to do impacted the season like in a way that i can't really remember it and that's um i'm excited again we'll talk we'll talk plenty about him as we get to draft but one more mascot of the show maybe bo nix uh, I love Bo Nix. I love watching Bo Nix play football. We, know. Um, we did uh, a story on like the best <laughs> plays of the year. 
and somebody had suggested Bo Nix's um, touchdown pass against LSU, and I yep. fell down like a, a Bo Nix wormhole. I see it. I see it. I see it like in my brain happening. I, I, so he's to Oregon. They, this is a defensive minded staff they're putting together now with a creator on offense. And I'm excited about this pair. I think it's a fun pairing, actually. I think if Nix has gotten, like, actually, he got better this year. He I, he got good. He wasn't great. He got good. He eliminated some of the stupidity. You, Why are you, you laughing? Talking to yourself, you talking to yourself into oh, this yeah. is so funny. I, I, no, but he got, I just like watching him play. And Oregon has a team with a, a pretty decent foundation still. I think it's a good spot for him. I, I really do. I think it's a good spot for this is an Auburn team that when he was healthy and cooking actually was like top 15 this year. And they just lost the goddamn Houston today. No offense, Houston, but I I'm excited to see him healthy and hopefully with a, a, a just a functional program just to see what's left for him. I like that you think that Oregon is a functional program. Um, kind of. I, I look, I think it's a great fit for him. I 14, I nothing air do. force four ten Let's 14, go. nothing real quick. Sorry. I think Sorry. I I think I took the over in this game, which is just we need to talk about my over problem. Um but You do have one, but so do I. So no we I don't do. we I need totally to embrace do. it. We need um, to lean it into is, it. It is pretty bad. Um but I think for it's just such a strange pick for me to go to like from an SEC school and like I feel like he's been given his opportunity. Like I don't think he was in a okay. bad situation with Gus. You know, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it working out as like, oh, they become Pac-12 champs, all of those I, things. Like, I don't think I don't Oregon's see that. like I don't in the conversation and running. I just I just don't see it happening. Um, I think he's going to improve his draft stock by being in the Pac-12, playing against lesser opponents and showing that he's like semi-decent. I think it's definitely a move, a draft move for him, for sure. Um, but I, yeah, I don't see it being like a huge impact on like, the the Pac-12 or anything. I, and maybe I that's just loved... my bias against Oregon and the fact no. that Phoenix picked that school. But I just, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, it's good I for think... him, good fit for him, draft great, but no. I would have loved to have seen him at Nebraska, truthfully. I would have loved just the, like, the general, like, vibe and energy of him. I don't know if that would have meshed well, but it would have been great. Now, um, let's talk Bulls. Now, we don't okay. know, by the time we say... Games that we're looking forward to. They're probably going to be canceled. Be canceled. Yes. All right. So we lost UCLA today. I'm going down the list. We lost Boston College, East Carolina, which I was actually really looking forward to. But we have like a really good, like a really solid like slate of games coming up. We'll get to New Year's Day. We'll get to semifinals. Are there games out there that you're really looking forward to? Like before then, like what, give a game or two out there. Cause I've got some, um, it's a little weird as we get into the playoffs and everything else, but is there a game before then that you're really looking forward to watching? I mean, sadly, just like all of them, because I feel like it's going to be weird because like, if you look at, I was really looking forward to Pitt, Michigan state, but like Kenny Pickett is not playing, but still, but it's still going to be a fun game to watch. Cause you don't know like what is actually going to happen like the fact that people are opting out is crazy obviously i'm looking forward to south carolina north carolina um i will say i did see because that's obviously the mail bowl i did see today that bob stoops said he would be totally okay with being um doused in tequila be fantastic which i 
which I think is hilarious because like, what's the administration going to do? Like, they give zero Fs at Oklahoma right now. I actually think that's hilarious. That would be so good for college football because that's just such a, like, on-brand thing that, like, would be, like, frowned upon publicly, but, like, would be awesome if he was doused in tequila. Like, obviously, there's going to be underage kids there, but whatever. He's of age. Yeah. Let's douse him in tequila. Like, that is, that is, let's start that. Let's start the, like, getting doused in things that are probably it, frowned upon, but let's just do it. That's how you're going to make bowl season fun, though. Like, fun. dumping mail yes. on coaches is the way to do it. Like, the fact that Bob Stutz is coaching in this game, and I hope this game is played, by the way, because I know Oregon has some COVID issues and numbers issues and everything else. I actually think the slate tomorrow, uh, well, we lost SMU Virginia, which is kind of a bummer because that would have been fun. I think the slate tomorrow is – I'm really looking forward to Clemson, Iowa State. Yes, um, the cheese it Breezy bowl. Hall. Yeah, Hall Remember is not I dubbed playing. it the I was supposed to be good bowl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really thought that they were going to well, be good. Also, I, please I tell think... me. Yes. Okay, go ahead. So, go ahead. No, no you go ahead. Okay, I, I was going to say, please tell me you saw the jumpsuits that the coaches oh my God. were wearing today. Yeah, I, I think the best comparison, because I'm a, um, a, a, dad. a kid. I know dad. exactly where you're going with this. I love it. Yeah, yeah, despicable me. I mean... <laughs> What is it? Um, Vortex or yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Oh so that gosh. was that was amazing. Um, but if I kind of like how this few... picture of Dabo, please go look at this picture of him in the orange jumpsuit. I I just kind of appreciate how few fucks Dabo gives about this stuff. Like he's just there. They hand him this stuff, and he's probably like, oh, I, you know, he just like. There's something about that. I know people's Dabo opinions are a little bit like mixed polarizing these days for reasons I think that are fair, but his yeah. ability to show up and look like a traffic cone and not give any shits about it. And is just be like happy about excellent. it. Like, you know what? I, he, he, he definitely, I had him very high on a pedestal and then he dropped really low for me. And then now he's starting to work his way back up. Cause like you said, he doesn't give a, a flying, you know what? So yes. I, that just like, he's just, everything's positive. Everything's good. Um, and, and in light of the fact that like everything is crumbling actually around him in terms of Clemson and that program and yes. needing to like fill like coordinator positions and, and make sure teams win and, and keep, you know, up with the transportal recruit, do all those things. He's keeping a positive attitude. So, I mean, he, that's good. He, cool, calm and collected. He, he, you know, that part of Dabo is good. You mentioned Pitt, Michigan state. I think Tennessee, Purdue, it could be very fun and um, you mentioned uh, the Mayo Bowl. Like, let's talk Mayo Bowl. Sam Howell has been really fun to watch. Really, really fun to watch. So I'm excited to see what we get from Sam Howell in what will probably be his last game, I'm assuming. Has he actually declared yet? I can't remember. I but he's, don't think so. He's, he's graduated. Gone. I yes, think he's he graduation photos. I, that dude is tough as shit. And the fact that he's playing, again, if you're not playing, that's fine. But the fact that he's playing in this game. Also, South Carolina is a really cool story, like Beamer and everything else. So I'm the mail bowl beyond like somebody's getting mail on their head. Watching Mac Brown get dumped with mail is um could be could be amazing. Either I would take either coach. I honestly oh, yeah. I I can't That's awesome, wait. by the way, for these guys. Like to to, to this for charity, like one of us is gonna have to do mail. Like this is actually happening. Dukes Jesus. actually sent me a DM and um I we are gonna use Dukes to to because they did inspire us. I feel like it's only right to use Dukes. Is this a national one... championship thing, by the way? Should we talk about that? That we're 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 national championship bound? 
and that we're gonna, gonna go see each other we should we should talk about that just, um. just film the mail like yes like we are going it's an odd transition before our resolutions but like shit's moving fast so we're going to the national championship we have to figure out how we're going to do content there um but we'll do a pod there or something right we'll like, do a we'll pod there that out. we'll it'll, do a pod it'll there probably sure. be you know pulled together at the last minute there will be alcohol involved um, but we'll get it, we'll get it done and we'll be at the, and I'm real quick on this. So it's in Indianapolis, which is an amazing city. <clears throat> it's going to be cold as shit, cold as shit. Um, oh. we should make reservations at St. Elmo's, which is a really good steakhouse right across the street from Lucas oil. Um, cocktail. If you shrimp cocktail fan, by the way, are you, oh, uh, who doesn't like my, shrimp? Shrimp is my favorite food. Okay. I can't believe now we haven't this... had this discussion. Shrimp is legitimately okay. my favorite food. So, so we should go to St. Elmo's, but the, the cocktail sauce is ungodly hot. It's wonderful. If you have, you, you'll be getting, hopefully, you, do you have your sense of t- uh, smell and taste, yes. by the way? Yes. Oh, yes, not, I do. Not, okay, there, okay, good. So this, if you have any lingering sinus issues, this will clear that right up. This Ooh. is like a sinus. Oh, yeah. It is, it is so hot and delightful. St. Elmo's cocktail sauce. Like, we order it by the bottle here and drink it okay. and not drink it. Cause that would be terrible, <laughs> but St. Elmo's national championship that's happening. And I don't know. We have to, sorry. See, I generated your first cough. You just, that was my yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> you held it together pretty well. Uh, I did. I, we then. made it. I don't even know how long, but that was, that was, we were almost made it. Um, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been. Um, but it's also the like positive of, I shouldn't use positive, the exciting, part of um, what's to come for yes, once. It's a no strange world, VR world content. these days. Oh, yes. yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough word. But, I mean, we should probably get to resolutions because we are going to have New Year's before then. CFB yes. resolutions. What do we need to resolve in the world of college football? Okay, I'll start. We're going to go one for one. Yes. Here, I'll go first. Targeting. Now, we don't need to get rid of the targeting penalty. Yes, we don't need to get rid of it. I have been saying this for goddamn 10 years. I'm going to go back 10 years ago where uh, Pat Fitzgerald at Big Ten Media Days, there was a small group of people, and he said, let's do yellow cards. Let's do red cards like they do in soccer, like they do in basketball. Flagrant one, flagrant two, yellow card, red card. If you hate soccer, well, whatever. However you want to clarify it. We do this for punting, Paige. We have a running into the kicker and a roughing the kicker. We have more nuance in punting than collisions on the field. So I've talked to people about this. I know targeting is here to stay, and it likely yeah. is going to get more and more strict. Like They are getting a lot of the quote-unquote kill shots out of the game, which I think yeah. is good. Like I, I, The way it's officiating, what you need to give these officials chances to do is some nuance. And a lot of the targeting calls are incidental, are is it targeting, is it not? And you can have a targeting one and a targeting two. Targeting two, blatant head to head. Keep it. Keep it an ejection. Keep it exactly. Targeting two is basically targeting right now. Targeting one, you could do no ejection first of all, which I think is the most important thing, and you can make it a five yard penalty or a ten yard penalty. You could still penalize. You can make it a fifteen yard penalty if you want, and then you could also maybe accumulate these. Like, hey, if you get enough targeting ones, if you get two in two games, then we have an ejection, right? Or, or, or you have to sit out a game or a half. This call, it, targeting itself has done a lot of good for the sport. 
it's a really difficult thing to call. We need to give the people that make these calls a little bit more leeway to make the right call. It's by yeah. far the biggest issue I have with football right now. No, it's definitely difficult. And I think um, I will say that it is hard to determine intent because I think even going back to like the Clemson hit on um, Justin Fields, I remember that targeting review specifically from oh, yeah. the playoff last year and it being like that intent that intended to to hurt. Um yeah. but people were like, look, it's a it's a this is football, whatever. So I think the intent part is gonna be the hard part, and that's why we haven't given it a one A and one B type of of deal, but it does need to change because and I also think like ejecting guys from their bowl games, like you had an Auburn player today. Like I remember why do I remember all these Ohio State games? I remember one of the Bosa brothers got ejected from their bowl game, and that was, like, his last game playing for Ohio State. I can't remember if it was Nick or Joey. Um, but, like, it, it's ju- there just has to be some form of, like, you, like you said, there has to be nuance to it. There has to be it's something. Not, so it, I, it, do- it doesn't have to be the harshest penalty. Like, yes. you're getting hits out of the game. Targeting, through all of its weirdness and its polarizing, has been largely good for football. But mm-hmm. it's it's really difficult to officiate. And most of these, frankly, should not be ejections. Some of them you can. Some of them are like, holy shit, that's bad. All right, whatever. Do as you please. But I think there's just nuance there. So for me, that's my biggest one. What about you? Um, Here's the thing. Mine's kind of like a duo um, because they go hand in hand. I think there needs, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, I think there needs to be something done about the coaching carousel and the transfer portal madness that happens after championship weekend. Um, I think that... There's there's so many rules on what players can and cannot do, and there's just coaches are allowed to go and do what they please, and I honestly think that that's how it should be for players as well. Like if I don't know that I'm not saying get rid of the sit out rule and you know you know you can transfer one time without you know punishment or things like that, but I I don't know I I think there needs to be a more like you said there needs to be a little bit more to it. There needs to be levels of like okay, like there's tampering in the NBA and things like that. Like I do think that there needs to be some form of repercussion for guys recruiting for one school and then like dipping and these guys are stuck in these things. And there's, here's the thing, it there's so many recruits. I think this kind of segues into your next one. There's so many recruits that have to like figure out what's going on. And right, and right now, to be honest, it's hard to know who's going where, who's transferring where, who's going to be able to play when, who's eligible for what because everybody got an extra year. It, yep. It's just straight up madness. And I think there needs to be some form of way to like organize all of this because between coaching and the transfer portal, like it's just too much. Like it is, it's not, it's almost like not fun because it's like, okay, well, we might as well just wait this out. Like it's hard to create content around. It's hard to get excited for people signing places. Like because you just know that in like a couple months, like there could be one big shift and that changes something for different individuals. And this is like an impact on like not even just like, Five stars and four stars, obviously, totally different story. But, like, the guys that are getting recruited later and are waiting for roster spots, like, that that that's tough to me. Is like, that's the part where it's, like, yes. kind of confusing. So, I would say get a handle on the transfer portal and figure out the coaching situation where there are actual rules for what goes on. Or just let let it be fair on both ends. Really, it's just my opinion. It, it, roster management is a mess. And I think yes. it needs to happen the way kind of the NFL – sequences its off season, which is coaching changes, free agency draft, right? College football almost needs to stage this coaching changes, transfer portal, 
recruiting because yes. I think like look at what Alabama has done by the way in transfer portals this year they added Rick's an elite elite cornerback like yes the best corner I mean that dude's awesome that that guy for them is going to be a star and oh by the way one of the best running backs in the country too at a position that they're strangely sort of down in by Alabama standards so they went in they by got Alabama two guys standards. For them. By Alabama standards, they still have some great backs. But so they added two players that were, if they're healthy, they're like all-American players. Like this, the, all-American type players. And so I think what you need to do, they national signing, the core of this is national signing day. Yes. Your points are valid. I don't know how you regulate the transfer portal better other than kids are going to figure it out. And these things will kind of, I think it will. There needs to be a way to be able to see it for everybody. Yes, right to, now, to you understand can't see what the hell's it. Like, going. unless unless you have access to it, you cannot see it, and you have to look on. That's how people get like sources because they have guys that work for staffs and they tell them but, who's in the portal, and, or guys say, "Hey, I'm in the portal," or whatever. But like, there needs to be a way that everybody can look at it so we can figure it out. There's no more like put your name in and maybe be anonymous and see who reaches out. There needs I, to be like a hey, this is what we're doing. National signing day. You either have to move it way up into like August. Or you have to put it back into February. I, I miss National Signing Day. Just from a yeah, sheer... I mean, it's, there still is <clears throat> one in February, but it's not... It's, a, like, no but, one cares. But it's... Yes. I honestly... I, miss, I, yes. I would push it till after high school is over. Like, I would make it the summer. Because I, I if you're be going to go early, you're already going to do that. So, I, my thing would be make it the summertime. But the, then, so much then changes... You know where but you. But so but much again, changes. That, coaches, assistant coaches. Yes. Like I, that's the part of it that's hard too. I mean, I, I think that here's where it is right now. Just ain't working, and I think that's yeah. going to be changed. And the sport is suffering. Coaching. I mean, all of this kind of hinges on the recruiting class, like being what it is and coming in at the time that it does. Coaches don't yeah. like it, and the players can still enroll early. That's what we did yeah. before the early signing period. If you're Set on Alabama or Clemson, you could still do that. Like, it, that's the part that I, it was unnecessary to have signing day in late December, in we my got, opinion. We got, we got greedy. We wanted these, this excitement and stuff to be around college football during a time where maybe the bowl games are, you know, I think bowl season was getting to be a little like exhausting because people were so worried about opt outs and then there's no playoff ramifications for certain people. So, I think now that we're getting into expansion and things like that, there's no reason to clutter up the month of December and like let's make the most out of like the actual product we have as opposed to trying to make the most off of where kids are going and wait until, you know, the beginning of the year, wait until the dust settles on coaching carousel. Like I think that's the biggest thing too is like you're going to have people leave even if like a coach is hired, you don't know who's leaving or who's staying or what's happening. So yeah, I definitely think there needs to be an adjustment with with all of that. Is just, but you're like you're right. It hinges on National Signing Day. The early National Signing Day needs to go away. Real quick, last one. Go back to the old overtime. It was fine. You broke God, it. Please just undo it and fix it. So and also right, the let's... reason they fixed it was because they didn't want there to be like a seven overtime game like the LSU Texas A&M one. And Illinois and Penn State beat that one and nine, set the record nine for OTs. Nine OTs By the this way, time, seven for LSU and. Um, Texas A&M. Air Force update. It's 14 to 7. Didn't. Good for your over if you have the over. Good. Over is what we got. We got seven minutes left in the quarter. We got second and eight. We have a goddamn false start, it looks like. 
Yeah, I took, not liking no, that. No, actually, at all. I all switched. Right. I think I switched it to the under last minute. I don't know. So which it's fifty five and a half total in this game. Fifty five. Yeah, that's kind of like right. That's kind of like trending. I mean, that's. <sighs> I swear to God, if I took the under and it hit the overheads, I'm going to be so mad. Oh, Over that's for life. yeah. That's like when you're a gambler trying to change your ways. All right, before we talk semifinals, because yes. this is it. This is this week. Let's talk New Year's it. Day bowls. Okay. Um, we're so here's our here's our games on New Year's Day. We have Arkansas, Penn State. Really excited about that. We have Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. We have Kentucky, Iowa. <laughs> um, and we have <laughs> Utah, Ohio State. And we have Baylor, Ole Miss. So of those games. Which one excites you most? I kind of like Arkansas Penn State. Is that weird? No. I wrote about it. I'm excited about that game. Like a lot. Like I feel like it's, it's a fun game. Go. The spread now in that game, by the way, it's like right. I mean, it's it's sort of pick'em. I'm I'm on Vegas Insider. It's like Arkansas minus one, Penn State minus one. It's right about pick'em. That that's a fun game. It is a fun game. Do you think Kentucky Iowa is going to be obnoxious? Do you think it's going to be a blowout? Oh, hold on. What's happening? Go. Go. No, 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 no. Touchdown, Air Air Force. Caught live. I should have done some commentary. He jukes. Um, Yes, Kentucky Iowa is going to be a horrible game, Paige. What just happened in that game? What just happened in that game? Air Force just scored like a 70-yard passing touchdown. Like... Yeah, oh my god, I, the over is gonna I, hit. I'm gonna be so mad. Twenty-one or twenty pending extra okay. point. You can't count on that. I ever. need your Iowa take. I need your Iowa Kentucky take. So it's gonna Tyler be Goodson. Tyler Good yeah, I think that's gonna go under. Like both those defenses are good. Goodson opted out for Iowa, which was a bit of a surprise at running back. That was their most expo- uh explosive player. One of the most explosive running backs they've had in a long time. Sounds like Petrus, Petrus has been taking uh, reps. I I think I just think it's going to be a low scoring game under four. Yes. Like that game to me should be in the thirties, um, unless Kentucky is going to be more explosive than they've been. I'm excited for it. It's it's these are you know Stoops has got connections to Iowa as well, so it's it's kind of an interesting game. I don't think it's going to be a very watchable game. Um, but I, I, no, I am going to bet the under in that game. Yeah, yes. Thank you for that. Now, I will say, I am really excited about the Rose Bowl. I'm always excited about the Rose Bowl. I think we've talked about this. In terms of HD experiences on my TVs, um, Rose Bowl Masters are my favorites every year. It's just yes. the scenes, the vibe, just everything about it. Now, Ohio State loses Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. They lose their left tackle, and they lose a, a meaningful defensive tackle. Huge losses. So the, the line has swung a bit. I don't think Ohio State is going to care about this game. I, yeah. I know that's weird to say about the Rose Bowl, and I think Stroud is still good. No, oh, by the way, they still have a receiver that went over 1,000 yards to throw to and a, a young running back that's awesome. I think Utah thinks – I think Utah, if they're watching the Michigan game, they're going to say, you know, Michigan punched them in the mouth long enough and – it, they they could not eventually punch back. Like, that was the vibe of Michigan. And I think Utah is Michigan light. I think they can do that. They have a running back that scored 20 touchdowns this year, Paige. Like, they, they're a brand of football right now, and they are going to give a shit. I know that. Utah's going to be up they, for this game. So, they like, absolutely I, give a shit. This is, their, this is their national championship. This, is, this yeah. is your opportunity to go out, first of all, because 
everyone mocked them with the the organ situation. It was like that was a fluke. They came out, showed out again. This is your chance to really like make your mark and win in one your first Rose Bowl, um, which is yep. huge. So I I do think that Utah definitely has you know is going to care about this more, but I. I still think that Ohio State is pretty stacked in terms of, like, next man up. So I'm not saying that this is going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be quality football for us to watch. And then the nightcap is Baylor-Ole Miss, which is fun as hell, too. Like, like uh, Matt, Matt Corral, we believe, is going to play. And the other thing about Corral in this game, page, like, I felt like the last third of the year, really after the Tennessee game, he was playing – Hurt. I mean, he hurt, got himself hurt in that game, yeah. ran the ball a ton. You know, I think him healthy and wanting to put on a show against this defense, I like Ole Miss a lot in this game. I thought Baylor, I thought Oklahoma State had some really dumb shit turnovers. We probably should talk about that game too. But I thought Oklahoma State had some ter- like terrible turnovers. Sanders had some awful throws against yes. Baylor. Like credit to Baylor for doing it. Matt Corral, I think, is on another level. Like, I, I think when when this draft process, like, finishes off and he's able to work out and people are like, oh, my God, this dude's huge and he's got a cannon and he can run, it wouldn't shock me if a team, if that's the guy. By the end of this night, it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, whether it's the Lions or the well, Jaguars obviously aren't going to draft a quarterback, but they may trade. That's the guy that I think is the most interesting and I'm I, again. I love the fact that I think he's playing, although he's probably going to opt out by the time people listen to this. Yeah, right, because that's just the nature of how it goes. I honestly, can we talk about the contrast of coaches here? Like, yes. I don't know, like, like the polar opposite. That's actually amazing. Yeah, which is like it's you have Lane Kiffin, who is this like personality in himself who's changed so much over the years. He does still have that very dry sense of humor, but he still loves to make jokes and have fun. And then you've got Aranda, who is just like all business, no nonsense, yeah. and is just zen like. Yes, just like doesn't get a, they score, and he's like, cool. Like that, the biggest that play scene was by an from inch. The Big 12. By, yes, and <laughs> him to not react is that that's like one of the more Trust surreal scenes nothing. of the season. And then you no, have like Kiffin, who's like point. chucking things in the air all season, <laughs> and like loves it, like. Yeah, I think that's going to be actually a really fun game, including the fact that, like, one, you have an explosive offense versus, like, a very defensive-minded team, which is strange to say about a Big 12 team, but that's just the nature of how it's sort of adjusted. And Baylor's, Baylor and TCU were always those guys for the Big 12. But, yeah, I, it's definitely um, going to be a very fascinating game, to say the least. All right, we're talking – we both have um, a pick for the OK State-Notre Dame game in Picks and Pints. So we'll move on. We both, at least I have picks for both playoff games, and so do you. Yes. So how do we bridge? Why don't we start picks and pints with an extended breakdown of the semifinals, since we both have it. Now, here it is. This is King Sue. I've probably done this before. I know I've done Pseudo Sue. Unbelievable. Toppling Goliath is one of my favorite breweries. Uh, Iowa, of course. uh, Iowa Brewery, but now it's made its way into the Midwest all over the place. Just phenomenal beer. Yeah, I didn't have alcohol before this, but I did have um, cough syrup, so I had Robitussin. There you go. That'll get the job done, yeah. That'll get the job done. Uh, We've been good. It's it's about the same. Now, (laughs) let's talk – Let's. where do you want to start? Alabama? Yes. uh, Okay. 13 and a half. I want to make sure I get the updated total. 
I think it's 58, if I'm not mistaken. Where are you? Where are you? This is the game that I'm covering, by the way. 57, so it's come down a little bit. Come down a point. So, Cincinnati has some dudes. They're corners. Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant are NFL players. Their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, NFL player. Their running back, who started Alabama, and by the way, had a great quote saying, hey, thank you, Nick Saban, but I'm a Cincinnati Bearcat now, was for Jerome Ford, great player. They have players that would star and thrive at Alabama. Paige, Mm -hmm. my concern for this game, though, is everywhere else and the depth chart. And and I think the thing I struggle with, because I've gone back and forth on this, yeah. Alabama largely, I don't want to say looked like shit. They didn't look like shit. They looked like shit against Auburn. They didn't play great against LSU. They struggled with Arkansas. They sh- lost to Texas A&M. Georgia happened, and it's like the offensive line was perfect again, which has not been great. And obviously Bryce Young was superb. So what I struggle with this game is which version of Alabama are we going to see? And also, I think the big thing, I'm, I'm kind of playing my own devil's advocate because I, I like Alabama in this game. But also, the loss of Mechie, I think, is a big deal at wide receiver. I mean, yeah. that you obviously have a great number one that they have, but who's going to step up? And that would be, again, I like Alabama, minus 13 and a half. But I think there are some legit questions for Alabama as it pertains to this game. I think Alabama need like they've been saying it. Oh, we've been underdogs this whole season. We, Cincinnati's a great team. If they truly believe it, then they'll be fine. When they came in against Georgia, it was like you guys have talked your shit. We heard you. We are going to. We're going to remind everybody that this is what we are. If they were playing, if Alabama was playing a Michigan or a Georgia, I think it wouldn't. It would be no question. This is going to be a punch in the mouth, and that's just how it's going to go for this semi. I won't say that for the national championship, but I think if you, they are able to get themselves in a mentality that they were in when they played Georgia, then this is going to be an absolute blowout for Cincinnati. Like you said, they do have guys, but again, you're you're forgetting. There's still Nick Saban. And you have a Heisman quarterback that also understands oh, yeah. the the gravity of making bad, poor decisions against this Cincinnati defense. So I, I wish I could say that I would, and I, I'm, you know, this, I'm not, I'm never going to bet against Alabama. So I'm taking Alabama minus 13 and a half, but it, it's just going to be how, what the mentality, I mean, and we'll know within the first five minutes of that game, we're going to know what know. version of Alabama is going to be shown up. And if they've, they've really got worked themselves up to, to look at Cincinnati as a serious competitor. I, um, you know, it's, it's interesting too, because you look at Cincinnati season, if, if Mississippi state were playing Cincinnati right now, <clears throat> I'd love to ask a bookmaker this. And of course it depends on what Mississippi state does tonight. I think that game would be close to pick them. I, I don't mean to knock Cincinnati in this way. It's just what, what like, the the most fun outcome of this season is Cincinnati winning in terms of chaos, them conquering the sport. In terms of content, that would be the most, like, memorable, and it'd be like, oh, my God. So part of me is saying, hey, if Cincinnati does a scare, they put a scare into Georgia in the bowl game last year, like, they've earned their spot. Yeah. But I just think that Bryce Young 
assuming he didn't do the whole Heisman tour for, you know, three weeks. And, you know, like, I mean, there's, there's all these distractions. Plus you have COVID in this page too, which is hard because we, the practices are closed. Kind of glad I'm not there. If I'm being quite honest, it feels good to, to not be covering like a bullshit media. I, I just, I'm good for my house for this one. Um, but I just think Alabama is too much. So we are both on Alabama here. Yep. By the way. Oh yeah. Yes, we are. Actually, I don't we even agree. need to ask that. Okay. Yeah, Michigan. Right? Never, I'm never Michigan, Georgia. Them. Yeah, I know. I, I Georgia, Michigan, Michigan, Georgia. The line in this one is seven and a half. Let me get the updated total because there's some movement here. I'm um, so excited for this game. I, I am too. If this disappoints, I'm going to be pissed. 45. 45, 45 and a half. So I, I went first. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this game? Okay. I think that there is potential. Like, I think Michigan is fully prepared for this Georgia team. I understand they're good, but I that offense, again, we've said this, if Michigan goes out and, like, actually scores some points and, and gets their, their run game going, they're going to be fine. I, I don't know that it's going to be as easy as it was against, like, an Ohio State um, or against Iowa, but... I like Michigan in this game. Like if I, I honestly might put money on Michigan money line. Like that's how confident I am and so, so biased that Georgia is going to choke this year away. I think it's By hard way, to come uh, back and have that lull and not be able, I don't know what's going on in the air force game. It's 21, 14. Now the unders <sighs> unders looking rough right now. Sorry. Um, I'm going to no, be doused in but, Mayo. We're doing um, that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, well, second and 15. God damn it, Air Force. Let's go. Um, so Michigan has the best player in this game, which is kind of funny when you think about how many great players Georgia has. I said it like in writing about this game and talking about it. Like, I don't know how you quantify momentum, but, but I do know this. But Michigan just slayed the dragon. Yes. Like if Michigan season ends... They're gonna. They're good. I think there's like a weird house money feel to all. They have this nothing to lose. Yes. Oh my they god. Literally, yes. like, they have literally Harbaugh nothing is, to lose. Harbaugh did it. Like their season is like going to be going to be one of the more. And that's a weird thing Which to is, say. Yes. When you're two games away, but it's also super dangerous. So you have maybe the number one pick in the draft. You have a you have an offense that Blake Corum, their running back, is going to get back healthy. And look, they have some great running backs. That dude's awesome. So I think, and, and I really like McNamara. Now, I have Georgia future tickets. I had them five to one, six to one to win the title. So I'm kind of torn on this, but I'm with you on Michigan. I like Michigan plus seven and a half. Like the fact the, that you're getting that hook, I, I think they're going to be up for this game. I really do. They are going to be up for it. The fact that, that they're taking, here's the thing. They didn't have to take major risks against Ohio State because they were up. But I think the fact that, like, one of the knocks on Harbaugh, and we've talked about that, is that he's always plays it safe, and that sort of costs them some close games. And I think in this situation, like you said, they're playing with house money. I think they have a guy, an offensive coordinator, that's going to make the calls to to go for it and to do things. And I don't know that Georgia is in a situation to do that. Is not in a, it, Georgia's not in a situation to do that. They have not had to chase. They haven't had to figure it out. And it they were absolutely exposed when it came to the Alabama game. So... I don't know. I, Josh I, Gaddis, honest- by the way, the fact that the fact that they keep him around for another year, we think huge deal for Michigan. Yeah, because there was rumors that he would get the Virginia job. Um, they took some chances against Ohio State. 
Yeah, they, the play that was the first time we've seen they, it. Yes, the play oh, calling yeah, no, was, they, and it was it they, was perfectly executed. The end of the game, running yes. the ball, like it was everything that you like learn as a coach in terms of like this is how you do it when this is the score, this is how you do it when this is what's happening. Like it is, it was just it was chef's kiss. I loved it, and that's I, what Michigan was missing. And I I I'm super excited to watch them sort of expose Georgia again because I also just I'm sorry if you're a Georgia fan listening to this podcast. I'm sorry. Well, maybe they'll maybe they'll that, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Georgia. I am begging I, you, begging you to prove will, me wrong. I will say, Saban versus Harbaugh would be kind of delightful. Like Saban versus Harbaugh, and and if Michigan wins this game, you know, I, I'm a Jim Harbaugh apologist. We know this by now on this pod. Yes, but like if he wins this game, they they cut his fucking pay. And like basically gave him this shit contract, and Michigan State just gave Mel Tucker a hundred million dollars. Pay the man. The guy's donating all of his bonuses to like people at the, the year. Staff, like Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Now, what are you gonna do? Like you were gonna, we wanted him fired. I thought he had to go. To be honest, like and I've Same. I've backed him. I think Harbaugh has been criticized in a way that we really don't normally criticize coaches. What I, I'm excited to see now what Michigan does. Because they're going to be good, Paige. They're going to be good next year. McNamara should be back. They're going to lose Hutchinson. They're going to lose both their ends, who are great. But they've developed great. That offense is going to get better. They have a five-star QB in, in McCarthy, actually, who I'm really interest, uh, interested to see how they use in this game because he's been their running quarterback. So they kind of blatantly put him in games where it's like read option and handoff and different things. So I am I am super pumped for this game. I'm actually happy I'm not covering this game. Because it's New Year's Eve and I want to get drunk and I want to watch it. And I'm going to get drunk and watch it, of course, well, after I'm I file both a games, column. So. Well, you can get drunk and kind of ish, ish. Ish. Like, ish. Not, not drunk, but but buzzed watching. And, and buzzed keep tabs watching. on all your little, the, the writers that make sure we don't screw <laughs> my, you up, but, my little writers. <laughs> yes. My, the, the minions, if you will. My no minions, quick. which I'm very excited, though, just to tell you, to see all of my minions in um, Indianapolis. Yes. It's going to be a very exciting oh. thing. All right. Let's get to our other picks, though. What's Hold happening? on real quick. Four, fourth and six. Air Force drops back, throws it. Got it. All right. Gave everybody a little, for, for people just listening, I turned the, the old computer uh, here to a bit. So yes, let's get to other picks. Sorry. I can't help the degenerate in me. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I'm going Kentucky, Iowa under 44. Um, if you're going to bet that or watch this game, you probably need to bet this game. Like that's just the reality of this. I game. honestly, um, I looked at it and I was like, Ooh, I'm just going to stay away. Yes. Um, I'll rip through mine. So I did that. We did Alabama. We did Michigan. Um, I like, uh, Arkansas minus one versus Penn state. I think Arkansas, Penn State had a couple of big opt-outs. I liked Arkansas before then. Uh, actually, not only big opt-outs, but like best offensive and defensive player for Penn State are out in this game. And both these teams are game. Both of them are seasoned. They've had brutal schedules. I just I, I like our, watching Arkansas play, and I think they're a bit more balanced. I think the Hogs win that game. Both teams are have the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows this year. <laughs> like, Seriously, man. started off unbeaten and then lost a shit ton of games when the yeah. schedule got hard. That's that's absolutely it. Um, um, did you run through all oh, of and yours? Then last, yes, yes, I got one more, and I think we both have this one. Oklahoma State, plus two and a half, depending on where you look, versus Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. I, I, again, fell apart um, for OK State in the Big 12 championship. I still think that's a pretty good team as long it as is they a really good team. the other team. 
So yeah. that's mine. Yeah, I, I, I am taking OK State as well. Um, I have Michigan State minus three, so I'm still holding on to that, um, despite all of the things. And then I'm also taking UNC minus nine versus South Carolina, which is sad, I know, in the Mayo Bowl. But I had to bet the Mayo Bowl. You have to. And also... I, I, I like UNC in that game as well. Yeah, because, like, despite the momentum shift, because, like, UNC was looking like it was going to be actually a really great team until they lost their first game of the season this year. Um, but <laughs> I do think South Carolina is on a good trajectory. I just don't think the impact happens right this moment. The momentum is there. It's there. It's going to get there, but um, it's not this year. So UNC is going to gonna win that one for me. And then, let's see, yeah, we, we have the same on... Wow, we have the same on both playoff games, semis, and the okay. What could go wrong? What could possibly... When you and I bet the same is when things go wrong, so I'm a little nervous. true. But I I don't think that um, we end up in a bad uh, situation with all this, so... All right, so next week, we will likely do a midweek pod, and then we have to figure out what we're doing for national championship, content-wise. Being indie... Well, we're gonna we gotta sort out through the details. We There's will be better about tweeting on. our schedule, and we will let you guys know what we are doing yes. in terms of national championship content. Um, but we will be together, which is very exciting and be fun. Well, oh man, these semis, these be- New Year's games are gonna be good. Hopefully, we get most of them and don't get too many cancellations. But we appreciate you guys bearing with us, also. But we are gonna yes. let Adam go and finish this game so he can watch his. How his- how bad has it been? I mean, the the video must be egregious. It's by the way, it's first and goal, second and goal from like the one inch line for Air Force. I I just love so- that we're getting this on camera because. That I, I don't know if you saw, but somebody recorded me watching the, the Marshall game. And I was like, honestly, I should record myself more watching these sporting events because I'm just an absolute buffoon. Like, I just care so deeply about stuff that does not matter. Um, I, but this sport, it just makes you, it turns you, this is why we do the podcast together because we feel the same and, way about and, it. And gambling, and yes. gambling, very sad. That does yes. matter. Money uh, does no. matter in that sense. I, th- yes, by the time people listen to this, this game will have been decided. <laughs> but I've wanted air force for a while um so we'll see what happens so yes time to go snow blow my driveway and watch bowl games uh hopefully yes uh, as many as we possibly can so with that for Paige, i am adam we'll talk to you guys likely multiple times next week have a wonderful safe new year enjoy the games mm-hmm.